If you're tuning into this podcast, it shows you care a great deal about your child's health. So I want to share with you my video course on nutrient supplementation for children that I just published on udemy.com. If you check the description of this episode for the link to my website where you can sign up to my mailing list, as soon as you sign up, I'm going to send you a voucher so that you can get this video course for free. And in the course, I'm going to discuss the most important supplements for children and how to pick quality supplements, how to avoid poor quality ingredients, how to avoid potentially harmful extra ingredients, and basically how to steer clear of the marketing ploys designed to sell us inferior quality supplements. So I hope that you get value out of this course. I'm sure that if you apply the knowledge you learn in it, you will save not just time researching these supplements, but also money. And most importantly, you will get the best quality supplements that your budget will allow so that you can provide your child with the nutritional support that they need. So check out the description for the link to my website where you can sign up to my mailing list. And as I said, as soon as you sign up, I'll send you the the coupon to get the course for free. And if you do sign up, please let me know how you find it. If there's any other information you would like me to include or any other feedback, I would be very grateful if you could send me that. Thank you. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about zinc and copper imbalance and its implications in autism. So a zinc and copper imbalance is one of the most common nutrient imbalances in the general population, and it's the most common one in autism. Usually, children have a low zinc and an elevated copper, and it's, it, it can be seen with a blood test, and often it can also be seen on a hair test, but not always. So in the hair, there's, um, you need to know how to interpret the hair test result, but we'll talk about that in another episode. So the, this low zinc and elevated copper is not just a contributing factor to autism, but also other conditions such as ADHD, insomnia, headaches, fatigue, muscle and joint pain, hypertension, PMS, premenstrual syndrome, depression, and many other disorders. So it's very, very common in the general population. And basically, what we, with zinc and copper, the, the two minerals need to be maintained in a pretty tight ratio for optimal health. And as the zinc goes lower, the copper uh, gets higher, then we can face some health challenges. So a quick, a quick primer, zinc, it's basically, after iron, it's the most abundant trace mineral in the body. It's required for hundreds of enzymes. It's found in the brain, muscles bones, kidneys, liver, parts of the eyes even. And zinc plays a, an important role in the immune system, its immune function, brain development, brain functioning, neurotransmitter regulation, wound healing, protein and DNA production, cell division. It's required for proper taste and smell and a ton of other things, right? Dietary sources of zinc include meat products generally, animal foods, beef, lamb, liver, oysters, cheese. These are good sources of zinc. And pumpkin seeds would probably be the best form of zinc from plant foods. Now, zinc deficiency can cause a number of health problems. So there's several ways that uh, one can become zinc deficient. So first of all, 
obviously inadequate intake. So if your child doesn't eat a lot of meat, beef, you know, lamb, things like that, then it's highly likely that, that their diet is low in zinc. Now, if your child has gut problems, gut issues, then there could be a factor of malabsorption of the dietary zinc. So that's another factor to think about. Then there are in food such as phytate in grain products. So phytate is this plant compound that can bind to, to zinc and prevent, hinder its absorption. So that's another way that you, know, you, you can have malabsorption. Then there's another one where uh, in cases of chronic diarrhea that can lead to excessive zinc loss. So, you know, if your child's ever suffered from chronic diarrhea, that can, you know, be a, a factor in uh, zinc deficiency. And we'll talk about this in a little uh, more detail later, but too much copper in the diet can also lead to zinc either imbalances or deficiency because copper and zinc are antagonistic. So when you have more of one, it tends to suppress the other and vice versa. So zinc deficiency or, or inadequacy in the diet can cause or is associated with various things such as growth delays, impaired immune function, increased risk of infections, impaired digestion, malabsorption of food, dysregulation of certain neurotransmitters. And I could go on here. These are things like skin issues delayed healing of wounds, loss of appetite, weight loss, uh, lethargy, increased uh, it, it, uh, zinc deficiency increases vulnerability to heavy metals. It impairs DNA repair capabilities in the body. It also impairs antioxidant defenses. So needless to say, zinc deficiency is bad. You know, you want to certainly address that if your child is not getting enough zinc or they have certain gut problems, then you want to address those and definitely up the zinc intake in the diet to because zinc is super important for growth, development, and, and especially for the brain. Now, copper, on the other hand, so copper is after zinc. It's the basically it's the third most abundant mineral in the body. It's also present in every tissue, so it, it's ubiquitous in the body, but there's a lot, a lot less of it than zinc. It, uh, copper is generally stored in the liver, and there's some certain amounts found in the brain, the heart, the kidneys, muscles. It's essential for maintain, maintaining the strength of the skin, blood vessels, connective tissues throughout the body, production of certain proteins such as hemoglobin in the blood, myelin, melanin in the skin. And it's also important to keep the thyroid gland functioning normally. Now, here's the issue with copper. It can be an antioxidant, but it can also be a pro-oxidant, which means that it can become toxic in higher than normal concentrations. And as I've already mentioned, a low zinc and high copper is very common in autistic children. I think I, I read one study where they were saying, I think about 90 or even 95% of autistic children that the researchers have tested had a, a depressed zinc and a high copper. So it could be anything from 80% plus. So yeah, so too much copper can be neurotoxic. It can contribute to irritability, fear, nervousness, and learning and behavioral disorders. Now, dietary sources of copper include, again, meat, so beef, liver, 
organ meats, oysters, you get copper there. And then here's the issue. Copper is also very common in plant foods. So nuts, seeds, cocoa, obviously chocolate, avocados, dark leafy green vegetables, cereals, legumes. So it's a lot more common in found in many more foods than zinc. So as you can imagine, if your child eats relatively little meat and a fair amount of these foods that contain copper, it's a very it's it's very easy to conceive that it's possible to get cop copper overloaded and zinc deficient on such a diet. And many of us live on such diets. You know, for example, vegetarians, vegans, they certainly have a, a very copper heavy diet and fairly often too low in zinc. So as I mentioned, uh, elevated copper can be detrimental to our well-being. It can contribute to emotion, uh, you know, irritability, fear, nervousness, etc. Like I already mentioned, it can also increase the oxidative stress in the body. So this is a process that causes damage to uh, our cells and their contents. So it, it basically damages cell contents and these cells could be in the brain, the central nervous system. So this can affect behavior. And elevated copper or too much copper can cause disrupted functioning of critical neurotransmitters. So again, this can have implications in the brain and so forth. And basically, high copper can disturb zinc balance. So this is probably the crucial thing. If you have too much copper in the diet, it can antagonize zinc, prevent zinc from being absorbed even more, and again, lead to this zinc-copper imbalance. There are some studies I cite in my book where the researchers looked at zinc, copper, and autism severity. And what numerous researchers have found is that a low zinc and a high copper correlate with autism severity. So generally, the children with the low zinc, high copper tended to score higher on the autism rating scales that the researchers used. This is very important. So how do you test zinc and copper? The best test to use is a blood test. It's super inexpensive. You might even get it for free done by your doctor. The best markers to use are the plasma zinc and serum copper. So you want the ideal rate ratio plasma zinc to serum copper is about one to one, but the optimal blood range is about 0.7 to one. This is what I found in the in the scientific literature. So the lower the ratio gets, the more severe the zinc to copper imbalance. And this, so this is the blood test. You can also, if your practitioner runs hair tests, you can also do a hair test. There's some intricacies there. So for example, on a first test, the zinc may be you know somewhat low, but the copper may also be low. And then over time, as you start supplementing zinc, the, the body may start pushing copper out and it will generally be seen in the hair. So this can cause a sudden spike in, in the um, copper in the hair, right? Other, in other instances, you might see an elevated copper on a hair test. And as you start zinc supplementation, which is one of the, obviously one of the key nutrients that you will use with your practitioner's guidance, to balance your child's zinc and copper. So when you see an elevated copper on a hair test, it generally means that you know there's a lot more there. 
and as you start zinc supplementation, vitamin B3, uh, vitamin B6 supplementation, vitamin C, and things like that, what will happen is the body will start pushing zinc out, and it will go out of the body through various mechanisms. But one of those is the hair, so you might see an even higher copper on a hair retest, and you might be able to see this for several months while your child is eliminating the copper. So these are kind of the basics around, uh, you know, what what is zinc, what is copper, what are they important for, uh, what sources of them do we have in the diet, and of course I went over why. It's so important to test your child's status, either with blood testing, hair testing, or both. I'd probably recommend both at the start. And um, in future episodes, we'll cover this in, uh, uh, in more depth again, because it's, like I said, it's probably the most common imbalance in autism. So certainly not a difficult one to uh, get tested and kind of bring back into balance. So definitely something you need to think about. Talk to your doctor or your whatever other practitioner you're working with and you know see if you can get your child tested as soon as you can because like i said this is low-hanging fruit for you so thank you for listening to this episode and i hope to see you on the next one